Call me Mr. Lava Lava. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Not after that. <laughs> I think I'm going to be in the in the shitter. I think that's it. That's my that's my life done, mate. Career. Over. <laughs> this is a very special loving podcast. You are now. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter I, look, I butchered the beginning but what you need to know is it's a lovely podcast it's well we're going to spread some love to all the people in the world by ranking what jack our top 10 strike partnership in premier league history okay zach um yeah it's going to be an interesting one we've got tom hello, hello tom mate. hello mate hello and also you've got jack i just um spoke to him so yeah let's crack on then <laughs> <laughs> Jack, you can start. So I've got at 10, Niall Quinn and Kevin Phillip, the little and large combo. Number nine, Berbatov and Keane. Number eight, Rooney and Van Nistelrooy. Number seven, Alan Shearer and Les Ferdinand. Number six, Harry Kane and Son. Number five, Suarez and Sturridge. Number four, Owen and Heskey. Number three, Shearer and Sutton. Number two, Andy Cole and Dwight York, and number one, Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp. That sounds like a sound list, to be fair, and I've got a lot of similar people in that. Number 10, I've got Phillips and Quinn as well. Number nine, I have Jamie Vardy and Ujoa, I think it's pronounced, or Ulloa. Oh, yeah. Num- yeah, number eight, I've got Crouch and Defoe. Number seven, Rooney and Van Nistelrooy. Number six, Ferdinand and Shearer. Number five, Shearer and Sutton. Number four, Heskey and Owen. Number three, Kane and Son. Number two, York and Cole. Number one, Henri and Bergkamp. Yeah, I had a Crouch Defoe as, actually as well as a honourable mention. Harry Redknapp, two favourite players. Yeah, on, honourable mention, I've got Teddy Sheringham and literally anybody else. He just <laughs> seemed to be able to create strike partners with whoever, even if he didn't like him, like yeah. he didn't like York. He still made a great strike partner. He was even with Shearer of the national team. He he was just seemed to be able to play with anyone. And I've also got Doogie Freeman and Andy Johnson as an honourable mention as well. <laughs> like I had to get him in. He scored Johnson scored like twenty five goals. Good that season, isn't it? Ah, oh, brilliant. I mean, he's probably the highest scoring player who ever got relegated. Yeah, but yeah. Now, fair play, fair play. Um, right, so I've got. Kevin Phillips and Nar Quinn, obviously. Berbatov mm-hmm. and Robbie Keane. Van Nistelrooy and Rooney. Shearer and Sutton. Had to do it. Drogba and Anelka. Alan Shearer and Les Ferdinand. Mark Viduka and Alan Smith. Luis Suarez, Daniel Sturridge. Cole and York. And then at number one has to be Omri and Burkamp. So, did you say Shearer and Son? <laughs> I wish. What, His what son. Parents would be. <laughs> No, Les Ferdinand. Oh, oh yeah. I had Isaac Johnson and his dad. They're a partnership. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought you said Shearer and Son. I was like, yeah, Hello? maybe not clear uh, because of my accent. Sutton. Oh, Shearer and Sutton. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. A lot of uh, similar names, isn't it? Out of those. I think the, the top two, the top two is clear. Henri and Burkamp won. Um, I mean, Cole when you say, yeah, when you say strike partnerships, that is it. It's literally York and Cole and then Henri and Burkamp. I don't, I don't think there's any question about the order either. Nope. I mean, no. my favourite strike partner is York and Cole, but they were nowhere near the potency of Burkamp and Henri. York and Cole used to find each other. I suppose the only way I can describe it is they used to have square passes to each other, isn't it? It's like it used to be just square passes between each other and then tappings. Whereas that Barcelona goal, innit? Yeah, whereas yeah. Omri and Burkham, it was more flair. It was just unreal to watch, wasn't it, at that time? Burkham had yeah. a sack 
Henri literally Google mapped him and popped it straight through to him. It was unreal how well and the type of passes he played through to him as well. It was just pinpoint quality every time. And Henri had the class just to finish it as well. Jack's lucky enough to be involved in something Birdcamp related. I don't know if the listeners, I think they've, you've mentioned it on the podcast before. I probably have, but I'll mention it again. Uh, Burkamp's <laughs> testimonial first game at the Emirates I was on the pitch as a flag waver so like a sort of mascot I got like 49 mascots Unreal. and I was one of them so yeah that, that was pretty good um, and yeah of course he's got a statue outside of the Emirates as has Henri so that, that tells you how good they were yeah quality yes. partnership as well bloody hell we've, we've agreed already on two <laughs> we are yeah. loving each other this, this episode didn't we um, right, this is where it's going to go downhill. I put Suarez and Sturridge third. What did you guys put? I thought I... Suarez and Sturridge was sorry. Suarez and Sturridge was part of a three with Sterling because it used to be like two, three S's, weren't it? Or was it S and S or something like that? It I don't know. S, it was mainly S A S then, but I, I had him fifth. I think that one season probably the best season that us partnerships ever had, but they didn't have that long together. It's a good mm-hmm. point. So that, that's why I didn't have them as high. Um, I mean, I forgot all about them, but that is, they definitely, I think they should be definitely up there on the list. I put Kane and Son third because, although similar to what they've done before, they are just blatantly working for only for each other. And they're both scoring yeah. quite a lot of goals as well. Like, it's not just like Burkamp or York being the main assist person and the other person doing the scoring. Although Kane is doing the majority of the scoring, it seems like it's going both ways, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and they're. They're a dream to have on FPL this year. Uh, got both. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, they were sick for mine. Again, I think I don't. I think they've definitely played together for long enough because you know they. I think Son's been there now for a good sort of four or five years. I don't know why I had only sick because looking there, you think, oh, I think I had Suarez Sturridge one above because I just thought, oh, that that was had sauce that had special sauce. Like, and <laughs> it did. To be fair, these lot actually yeah. do do set each other up, don't they? And that, they've not won season, anything. Yeah, the season yeah, they've done it. Cause previous seasons, I don't think I remember them really being a partnership. It's only really this season, so. So I feel it, like it's got the longevity of the SAS. You, you're yeah. kind of you kind of put it in the same bracket when you're Canderson and Suarez and Sturridge. I, I think I get your point though, Tom. Sterling was part of that, mm. that partnership, I suppose. But that season was unreal. I mean, oh, for Sturridge to perform at that fucking level as well, of all people, I don't know how <laughs> how Brendan Rodgers done that with him, but um, he done it. He's a good manager. He's maybe, a good manager with Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, maybe Freeze being a bit too kind. To be fair. And I completely forgot about Son and Kane. And I didn't really want to put two. two <laughs> um, it is Valentine's Day, but I'm not feeling that much love. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I put, I put Suarez and Sturridge because, you know, that, that season there was bloody unreal. Oh, so who, who did you have third then, Jack? I had, I had Shearer and Sutton third. So they were they were the partnership when Blackburn won the league mm. in 1995. And they could both bang in goals in their own right. Um, but they got... They were at their best when they were together. So obviously Shearer's the the Premier League top scorer in history, but I think people forget he was miles more prolific at Blackburn than he was at Newcastle. Mm. Um, And Chris Sutton, although he sort of had a similar record at Blackburn as he did at other clubs, it was a lot better when Shearer was there. 
um, when Shearer left, his his career sort of went downhill a bit, and he you know he went to Celtic and um, Chelsea. Yeah, and he he didn't he wasn't really the same. He was rubbish at Chelsea, weren't he? But yeah, the, them together they they were probably the one other than probably Suarez and Sturridge where they both scored loads. A lot of my mm. list, there's generally probably a main goal scorer and a main assister slash leader doing the dirty work, but. Yeah, I think these guys were were proper goal scorers, and the fact that they won the league—that's probably what put them above the likes of Kane and Son and Suarez and Sturridge and stuff like that. Because actually, a lot a lot of these partnerships haven't haven't won the league, and often we do we do sort of look at trophies um, when we're ranking these sort of things. But I tried not to, but yeah, that that just did get. It just happened. My top three of all one stuff together. To be fair, yeah, I I've happily put Shearer and Sutton third after that yeah. argument. <laughs> we really are feeling love tonight. Do you know what though? That's a, that is a good point. I mean, you're right. Shearer did have a bloody unreal record at Blackburn, and to win a league with Blackburn as well at that time. You know, competing against a pretty bloody strong United team. I think Newcastle and Liverpool were not bad that season as well, were they? Um, so I mean, you're talking. You're talking to of the best strikers at that at that period. Um, yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, compared to, if you're going to compare it to Louis Sturridge, uh, Louis Sturridge, um, Louis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge, it knocks it off the park for me. And on my fourth as well, it, it kind of knocks that one off the park as well. Where I've put Viduka and Smith. <laughs> Was that a personal? I suppose personal this is personal. Yes. Even though it's Leeds, I when I when I grew up when I grew up when I was growing up, I think. Uh, <laughs> When, when I was growing up, I think those two there, um, I just remember them being prolific. Well, not even that prolific, just, just a part like of as well. Yeah, mm. and it, it was weird. But it was quite, do you know what? It's kind of similar to um, Berbatov and Keane, I'm, I'm going to put it as, because Viduka was quite yeah. a late fuck, wasn't he? And just, but he knew where the net was. But Smith, yeah. headers, get, can get it in. He was kind of like the, the next big thing until he made that move to Man United. Um, he, yeah, that those two, I think for me, were what I grew up watching. Um, again, it was probably personal preference or reason why they got so high. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm. I did like Viduka a lot. Obviously, Tom likes him because I think he put he put Viduka in his uh, streets won't forget list, and Viduka was like he he was getting fifteen twenty goals every year really mm. at Leeds. He was yeah, he knew where the net was. Oh, he's and he, he's sort three. of big man, little man to a point. Yeah. Um, size. <laughs> I was gonna I was thinking about putting Viduka and Smith on, but I couldn't remember if it was Viduka, Smith or Fowler when they were at Leeds together, if it was like a not a trio, but Well we this rotated. is a yeah. cool, didn't they as well? Yeah, not a striker, like, but similar yeah. to Sterling. Suarez and um, Sturridge, Kuehl was like their man, I suppose, behind them. Um, who used to fit, it used to be Viduka and Kuehl um, that used to yeah. bang in the goals or be the main men for that team. But in terms of the strike partnership, I just remember those two. And, and I don't know why that yellow kit with the strike, kind of like the weird stripes, orangey stripes down him. I don't know if you remember. Strongbow, was it? Yep, Strongbow. Yeah, Strongbow. The, the yeah. old Premier League ball. Oh, mate. Ian Hart <laughs> on the left back. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> Ian Hart, yep. Um, yeah, so I'd like them to feature in the top ten. Conscious that I've put them in really fucking high. Um, yeah, I'll leave that to you, boys. I feel like Suarez and Sturridge and Kane and Son should be higher than Mark Viduka and Alan Smith, in my opinion. I don't know about you, Jack. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, yeah, Viduka's. I love Viduka. Yeah, I, I think to be fair, they were they were good together. 
in that Leeds that Leeds team. But I, when I do think of that Leeds team, I do think of Harry Kuehl as well. Like, yeah, like mm. spamming crosses in for them too in the middle. Yeah, yeah they they were a good they were a good side they were a partnership. So fourth, well, you had Kane and Son third, Tom. Mm. Um, I had Heskey and Owen fourth. You got them fourth as well. They other than Phillips and Quinn, they're who I think of when I think of like big man little man partnership. Yeah. Well, I've got one more for big man, little man, but we'll come on to that later. But I feel like Heskey pretty much a was big, the big perfect, man, and he was the perfect guy for a striker like Owen. Like you ask a lot of strikers who played with Heskey, who their favourite other striker was, and they would say Heskey instead of any other one they played against. Yeah, because it was like he would always do the opposite of what that kind of striker like Owen would do. And that would sort of just create space for the other player, whether it would be creating space for a flick on or creating a hole in the back line for the other player to run onto or run through. He was, Heskey was pretty much the classic, not quite a classic number 10, but a classic target man that would support that poacher, which was Michael Owen in that case. Yeah. And like, even when they did, it worked so well, I think they did it internationally as well when Shearer retired. And let's not forget, back at Liverpool back then, Heskey was able to bang in 20 goals a season, especially when he was at Leicester. He used to be a potent goal scorer. Yeah, he's a bit of a joke figure now, isn't he? But he was a serious goal scorer back then. Yeah, if you don't remember when Heskey could actually score goals, then she's too young for you. (laughs) That's what it's got to come to nowadays. Like, (laughs) Heskey could bang in a goal and be absolutely brilliant. He used to score weldies as well, especially at Leicester, like, outside the box. He was solid, man. He had that Walker's... what a kick. And then he, um, I think Jack, I think he learned his um, celebration of Jack because remember he used to put his hand to his ear and do the old DJ. DJ, deck. yes. That's exactly what you. Jack used to do. I think uh, Heskey must have been watching Jack down the park. I, I tell you what, next time I score a goal, score a league goal, I'll do the Heskey celebration. The Heskey celebration, that's it. I, th- I think it was the other way around. I think I, I got that off of Heskey probably. No, 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 no. No, nah, definitely not. No, of course not, Jack. Come I mean, on. I, that doesn't sound realistic enough. Yeah, he's clearly been listening to FT Log podcast since he's been he... watching you since a kid. Yeah, since you were about five. Um, yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, Heskey was a, it's a great show. I, I completely forgot about him. And obviously, and Owen, Owen needed him, didn't he? Like, yeah. Let's not get mm-hmm. it twisted. Bring when he up. left Liverpool, he wasn't the same. Yeah. A lot of that was injury as well, but I feel like having a player like Heskey would definitely have made life easier for him. Yeah, it's born. That's a fucking great... I think Jack's actually smashing it at the moment with his, with his list. Hang uh, on, I had that as well. Behave. Yeah, but did you have it there? Yeah, I had it fourth. We both had it fourth. Oh, OK, fair enough then. <laughs> we literally pretty much have had the spot on the same list. Oh, it's like the Sheffield United Aaron Ramsdale thing again, yeah. where I allegedly copied him. It's a bit suspect, isn't it, boys? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think so. That's a spot on shout, I think. Great minds think alike. That's it. Exactly that. Exactly that, Jordan. I'm clearly greater in the mind. Um, <laughs> so, we've got, we've, got, we've got our top four then, have we, already? Top. I think we're looking at top five because we've... Oh, hang on. One, two, three. I think it's the top six now. It's whether we... What order we put Owen, Heskey, Suarez, Sturridge, Kane and Son in, like... Who do we put fourth? Okay, so who who's going to be in this position? I, I think out of the out of those three, I don't know about fourth, but I think I think Suarez and Sturridge, on the basis that what Tom's saying about Sterling, and they was only together for like eighteen one, months. Yeah, it's only one it season. Fantastic eighteen months, but it wasn't long, was it? I think they probably got to go sick. To be honest, though, to be honest, Kane and Son are in the same boat as 
Suarez and Sturridge in the sense that there is another player for Tottenham, whether it'll be Lucas Moura or somebody else out wide, because they do sort of play in a three, even though it's them two working together. So, like, you'd have Sterling as well for Suarez and Sturridge. Bergwijn a lot of the time. Yeah, and even though Kane has had a play together for a while, this partnership's only been quite recent. I think so you're probably looking at the same time frame. So I reckon you either put Owen and Heskey fourth or you put Owen and Heskey sixth. But yeah, you've got I, I think fourth, Owen and Heskey. Yeah. They did it. They did it on the international stage as well, like we talked about. And I think it's nice to have a, a sort of target man, runner, big man, little man, um, you know, that partnership in there. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think yeah, I think what you're saying, Tom, you're spot on. I think looking at today's modern, that the modern game at the moment, you're not going to get. You, I don't think there's any partnerships in terms of two strikers um, or two front men, centre forwards. I think there is one at the moment. There is one at the moment. You've got Bernie and you've also got Palace where, well, when we are playing 4-4-2, you have got uh, Zaha and Benteke together. Yeah, uh, so you got, but you got. There's two. There's obviously two there, but I don't think like back in the day that was a standard formation, wasn't it? You know what's interesting nowadays as well is like a lot of teams now. When you look at them when they're in a defensive zone, Reverting even back. though they might be a four-three-three, when they're defending, they do a four-four-two. Like I was watching Leicester the other day, and even though they were playing four-three-three, they had Madison in the hole behind and whatnot. Uh, Vardy, you had the two wingers, all Brighton, and I can't remember who the other one was, but Barnes. Ashley Barnes. Yes, even though they were doing that four-three-three, as soon as they lost the ball, Madison sort of became like a sort of a second striker, and they reverted to a four-four-two. But two centre mids, Telemans and Indeedy, Ashley Barnes and all Brighton oh. went back into um, the four-four-two bit, and you had the two strikers. So it's like I think a modern twist nowadays is like even though they're attacking four-three-three, the defenders are four-four-two. Yeah. It's, it's started, really it. started the move. I've four, got a four, feeling. Two. Oh, from four four two to four three three. I think it was Jose yeah. Mourinho when he came in from Chelsea. Yeah, Robin and kind of, kind of. Yeah, and then not, now um, it's revert. Sorry, Gondwan. Sorry. No, I'm just, I'm just saying in the background. It's an unreal team. That, that Chelsea. Oh yeah, definitely. Duff and um, <laughs> Robin. Yeah, I think the sort of like defensive side going to a four four two has come from Hodgson, who is very uh, determined to keep a four four two throughout the whole thing. But defensively, it was very sound. So I think a lot of teams now are doing that four four two basis from that, but like to attack with a four three three. So sort of transition between the two. Yeah, bit bit mad, but I think back what I was referring to is like back back then. I think every team would have been a four four two. I think we had managers with the capacity <laughs> to look further than a four four two at that time. Do you remember I mean, they named the old... a magazine after it? Exactly, yeah, four four two. Do you remember the old FIFA's where you had the options for like a three five two and stuff like that? And you look and you go, no, 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 four four two. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> but you go to like Juventus or something. They've got three at the back, and you're going, no, four four two. Who can play fullback? No one can play fullback. Why can no one play fullback? You should be in a 4-4-2 and you suddenly go by like Phil Neville just to fill in that gap whenever you play like FIFA 2002. Just like Zidane, team like Zidane, Turam and whatnot. Then Phil Neville there just because you needed someone to go fullback. <laughs> what I used to do all the time, I couldn't stand it. Like I remember the Pez formations where you'd have like, it was ASIC, asymmetric and you'd have like one winger further up than the other and one attacker slightly yeah, back. And I was like, no, 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 no. Straight four four two. I can't handle this sort of like asymmetric stuff. Yeah, crazy, crazy world we we used to live in. Oh, now, now we're we'll like technical and tactical, but yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of this, in terms of this list, I think you're spot on. I think um, you know Suarez and Sturridge cannot. And 
and Kane and Son cannot go above Heskey and Owen. Um, mm. And anyone who slaughters Heskey, I don't know where the hell that came about. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden he became a laughing stock. But he is a good player. Um, even even to the point where I remember games where for England he'd be playing and bloody the likes of Darius Vassell look good. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm content with that. So we kind of if, we're, if that is that our top six then. So we're almost at ten. We are pretty much really, isn't we? We've we've pretty much got jacked this year of the top six, <laughs> and I've got a feeling it's going to go that way to about eight as well. Because I've seen his number seven, which is, was my number six, which was Ferdinand and Shearer. Which back in the I think Jordan had these quite high and as well. High as well, yeah. I'm agree with you on this one as well. Do you know what yeah. I would? I would hate to play against these guys. I mean, being oh, I don't know, five for eight, five for nine. <laughs> if, if I was, you know, imagine like even Cannavaro. Imagine him up against Shearer and Ferdinand. Like, I think there's not a better. There's not a better area. Than oh, these not two. not. And we remember that Ferdinand was only five foot eleven. But he was the tallest five foot eleven player you've ever seen. Like the amount yeah. of time he used to get. That he, was solid, he was solid. He was such a strong player. Mm. I, I love about him. He used to get behind that defensive line so often. He and that was, it was just his trait, wasn't it? He was such a clever fox in the box kind of player. He was such a I don't know. He, again, another player where I don't know if he's rate. I know probably our era. You know, growing up watching him, we would rate him. But I think maybe this, the generation past, you know, anyone who's probably about 20 now, how much are they really going to know about Les Ferdinand? Let's be honest. I don't think, I don't think they would. I mean, they call him Sir Les Ferdinand, don't they? A lot of people, but he's, he's not, yeah, he's not mainstream at all. Do you remember, Jordan, these uh, football skills videos that you yes. used to have? And Les Ferdinand was the guy on there for the flick-on. That was It was like <laughs> one of the skills you had to do. And yeah, he was, that's how good he was at heading. He was being right. on videos. It was the sort of video where it's like the Michael Owen against the 13-year-old keeper. Exactly like that, yeah. It's it was, that sort of. I think it's the same video. Actually. I think it's called yeah. Soccer Stars or something. Soccer Stars, put it uh, something like that. Just if you just YouTube Soccer Stars or something, um, Les Ferdinand football tutorial, whatever tutorial, um, it'll come up because that video I should watch. I had a set of like six VCRs. Um, VCRs. Wow, we are going yeah. back. <laughs> That's what it was, and it would have Gary Neville trying to. Charles had to slide attack. We have Les Ferdinand, but yeah, he did the basketball kick one as well. Um, I can't remember what game or what team he scored a basketball kick for, but he he was showing us how to do it on this VCR. It was bloody unreal. If I can find that again, I'd I'd go and buy it. To be honest, it was it was a good old uh, good old watch when I was about six. <laughs> um, you know what I so learned as well was um, I was reading Crouch's book. I know he keeps banging on about books I read, but. Uh, <laughs> But apparently Ferdinand taught Peter Crouch about the movement when you're inside the box. So like when you're running at a near post, for example, you get across your centre-back, but you've got to time it. So when you're heading the ball, you're not heading it when you're past the near post. Otherwise, you can't get any purchase. And it's too, you've gone too past the optimum point. Like you can only glance it. So you've then got to time it so that you're sort of arriving just before the near post. So you can still get some power in it. And he was teaching mm. Peter Crouch all this kind of stuff and about the timing of the jumps and where to go. So like, and Crouch scoring as many headed goals as he did. I mean, I know his height was a slight contributor to that. But the knowledge passed on from Sir Les, who must have learned it the hard way, being five foot eleven, really showed how good he was, especially there past on the coach, who became like the best headed goal scorer. There is something that makes me laugh though, just visualising that. Visualising Les Ferdinand, who's like a, poach, a bloody unreal 
headed and someone I I see as someone who can get behind defenders etc nifty in that way and then visualising Peter Crouch trying to be nifty in a fucking box at about 20 foot high <laughs> <laughs> it's it not all about nifty it's just about movement isn't it I think it was just like yeah, the base I mean. yeah, he's, yeah. he's got it just it doesn't obviously he did it because Peter Crouch got a shitload of goals in, in the air but yeah. Uh, yeah it just doesn't it just doesn't seem right but yeah I totally agree Jack I think we've got that one unlocked um, Alan Shearer I don't think we don't have to explain what he what he's like again another header up someone who can score free kicks as well um, yeah a poacher he had everything volleys again I, I don't know if the younger generation would respect him as much as we do because they probably just see him moaning on match of the day but um, he is actually he was fucking unreal striker guaranteed goals weren't it yeah number Eight. I'm going to read off Jack's list because we might as well at this point. <laughs> I had, well, he had Rooney and Ruben Istoy. I had them at number seven. I mean, that season where Rooney was just pretty much putting through skillfully for Ruben Istoy, who would just finish it like anything. And Rooney, who could bang in a goal himself. That was my favourite version of Rooney. He was like yeah. still raw, but he had that aggression and the Can't energy. Edge. And- edge. Yeah, fucking love it. That's one player I wish played for Chelsea. Wayne Rooney is such a... He, he reminds me of football. He, he's football. That guy is just football. Whatever's mm. going on and off the field, like he, he, I don't know, that character there is what everything matters. Really like. no. Off the pitch, nothing matters. Yeah, with him, it's just fucking, I'm on the pitch, I'm doing my job, and it, he'll do it at all costs as well. Perfect. And Van Nistelrooy, I don't know if we spoke about Van Nistelrooy much. I mean, we, we went in a little bit about him on the um, Dutch podcast, didn't we? But in terms of Man United, this guy, he... Finisher, that's, that's yeah. how you describe him, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Can't really say much more. I mean, he slots them in. Kind of similar to how, you know, that Omri kind of, Omri-esque kind of way where Omri would like lean over a bit and slot it into the, the bottom right-hand corner. That makes sense. If that, I don't know yeah. if that comes across well in audio, but uh, uh, Van Nistelrooy would do the same but a little less, um, a little less agile, I suppose. But he would manage to get it in. Less aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, exactly. But, but still, potent. still a striker that can finish mm. goals galore. Um, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. So I had Drogba and Anelka above, but again, that's just preference. Um, I've got to ask this to you, Jordan, about yeah. strike partnerships, because you'd have better memory of this than I would. Zola and Tor Andre Flo, were they ever a partnership that worked? See, with Zola, you can't, I don't know how you how you would define him because he kind of was a number 10 in a, in a sense. He was like... Um, I'd say he's more like Rooney in the partnership with Van Nistelrooy because he would come quite a bit deep, although you knew he was a forward player. Yeah. I mean, with Zola, it was like a free, free roam for him. It was kind of like a hazard where you let him play wherever he wants, really, and he'd pick up the ball and just do whatever he wants. Um, I mean, he did work well with Andre Flo, but I don't know. It was, it was, it was more. It was more him. Flo, don't get me wrong. You know, good servants to Chelsea and whatnot, and you know, a, a club great, I suppose. But he, I wouldn't put him like. I'd, I'd probably prefer personally. I'd prefer like the likes of Hasselbank. Hasselbank. Was yeah. he good with Good Johnson? Or was that he was, he was? He was okay with Good Johnson for like one season. That this is the thing. Chelsea never really played with two strikers. Um, because as, as you well know, Chelsea had like the first kind of foreign influence team with that basically Italian team, um, and it was a kind of a different way of playing. Um, so like the way we played again was wingers, um, and a lot of 
a lot of condensedness in in the middle. So it wasn't really. It was just a bit of a. I don't know. I I, I do like Good Johnson and uh, Hasselbank, but to get on this list, and you know, obviously, I would love to put them on the list. But for me, there was only really one season that they performed well together. Um, but yeah, they, they it's a good shout, Tom. Good shout. I just thought I'd ask a question. Like yeah. I just remember speaking about that year as well and the Italian influence. I think my first PlayStation game was FA Premier League Stars 2000. And I would go into Chelsea quite regularly because I like the blue, I like the away kit, the white one with the Secretly blue sport. trim. But they always had like 3-5-2 whenever I started. I was like, no, go back to 4-4-2, behave yourself. And I was always to readjust everything at a young age even then. So they definitely were experimenters in different formations back then as well, even as early as the 2000s. Yeah, use the um, foreign influence, I suppose. Mm, the Ali, I think it was at the time. Oh, I, it was it was good. Just, the foreign influence was good, but um, I don't think um, can make it into this. Maybe it's a good honourable mention. I do want to, mm. before we carry on with Jack's list, basically, <laughs> I do, do want to say, you know, obviously Alex is not on this podcast at the moment. I think he's been kidnapped, hasn't he, after his attempted uh, bombardment of... Uh, Golden Sullivan because I've just received this ransom note with an ear inside it yeah it's been a so, week since. I know it, I, I'm not too sure whether I really they said they want a fiver for him um, I'm not too sure I've got the cash for that have you guys nah sorry maybe oh, we can no, start we don't, we don't get sponsorship yet so maybe we should go fund me page yeah maybe we should leave it to the poll see if we should actually Alex. bring Alex back and say whether we pay off the ransom to bring Alex back we'll leave it to a poll <laughs> But I do want to mention, I just want to put it out there because we're obviously sharing a love this episode. Would there be anyone that you think Alex would mention West Ham related? Would Paolo Di Canio get in? Who would he, Who was he with, Paolo Di Canio, in that Was time? he a proper striker? I don't know. Canute? Canute. Oh, that's a shout. Di Canio, he, he was great at other teams. He was way better at other teams than he was at West Ham. Yeah. Thing. True. Like at Sevilla, Canute was banging in goals and winning like Europa League and whatnot. But I remember, I, I thought about the Kenya, but I couldn't remember who his strike partner was. But I don't know. Ain't for us to say. Ain't for us to say that this is why Alex shouldn't uh, go bricking Golden Solomon's house. Um, getting kidnapped, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure we've uh, at least involved him in this one. Let's get back to the list anyway. So we're we're agreeing then, Van Nistelrooy Rooney. So sure. Next up then, Jack. What a list this is, guys. <laughs> um, well, who, who did you guys, who have you sort of, I feel... I feel like it can't possibly be. Yeah. <laughs> I put Crouch in the phone. I put yeah, Crouch in the phone and Fabio like in each other. Shout. Yeah, haven't they been at each other with a number of clubs as well? Because of Harry Redknapp, Portsmouth, they did. Tottenham, um, Portsmouth well, England for a bit, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's a broad partnership then. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading in Crouch's book as well. He was saying that a lot of the time he'll be in space and Defoe was selfish enough to try and shoot. And he'd say, oh, come on, I'm in the space. Oh, okay, sorry, next time. He said it happened a lot. So I feel like it was two strikers who could play well together, but a lot of time had that natural striker's greed and wanted to do a lot of the goal scoring themselves as well. Yeah, but, I'm sure I've seen a few, like what we were saying about Heskey and um, kind of best strike partnerships. I think a few people have said Crouch, and I'm sure Defoe has said that, that Crouch is the best one that he's played with as well. I think to put um, Crouch's role as close to a Heskey role, I think does a disservice to Crouch because he was a very good goal scorer. I don't think Heskey scored over 100 Premier League goals, did he? Uh, yeah, I, I think he did, but he just his ratio obviously fell off fell off oh, a cliff right. when the Owen when the Owen partnership. It wasn't actually I don't know. It was, it was I think he just touched 
100. He might have been about 110 or something like that. Okay, fair enough. I wasn't sure, but I thought I'd ask anyway, Jack being the resident person who knows all the stats and whatnot. Yeah. I I will say, um, Crouch Crouch is just a weird... I don't know. To use Tom's phrase, he's not aesthetically pleasing to watch as a footballer, um, but he seemed to put it in and do well. I suppose as a as a striker, for me, who you know, when I play football, I like to feed off some players. Um, you know, Tom, I, I used to love getting balls over from you, and you know, when we're playing five aside, just a little passes. Stop it, I'm blushing. But that's that's the kind of, and then someone like Crouch, you know, even though he looks awkward on the pitch, if he can get that ball to you, he's effective. So it's, it's a wonderful thing. So yeah, I mean, that's a good shot. I, the other the other one I've got is. Berbatov and Robbie Keane. Same as Jack, who also got that for number nine. Yeah, they they were together for only about eighteen months as well, but they they almost made Tottenham likable. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I wouldn't, go, you know, yeah, I definitely sure. wouldn't go that far. But for a neutral, I, I think that was a very interesting strike partnership. And I think Berbatov was not as good when he went to United with Keane doing his running for him and Berbatov pulling the strings and that and yeah they, they sort of had different strengths didn't they but they both scored a lot of goals together mm, I found Berbatov so fun to watch and Keane I think it was mainly a celebration I mean he was a great goal scorer but you, you'd know when he scored from the celebration yeah unreal celebration and obviously Jack loves him because he's Irish he made my top 10 <laughs> footballers yeah at number 10 but that was only on his international form but yeah I mean he was very he was very good with Berbatov I, I never, I would never say Keane was a, a brilliant goal scorer for club but I'm sure he got 20 goals that season that he did play with Berbatov so that's that's sort of the level that they were at that time yeah and it was mm. it, the reason why I put him in I think the partnership in a sense that one would score the goals like Keane would be the one that would be putting it in the back of the net, but Berbatov would be the one that typical Berbatov taking it down, pass, passing it to Keane. You know, get get goals himself. Don't get me wrong, but he'll be the main man you feed into for Keane to just finish it off. And that is a partnership there, and it was a proper partnership in that sense. Although they are Tottenham, so we'll see. What about you, boys, man? What what are we what are we ending on? Because this has been a bloody good ten in terms of debate wise. We haven't argued once. <laughs> Valentine's Day, isn't it? Yeah. No, what is it? I think we're looking at it now between Berbatov and Keane, Crouch and Defoe. Uh, I said about Jamie Vardy and Ujoa, although as I think Jack has a point where it was mainly Vardy with different people coming in. Yeah. But I thought, to be fair, they won the Premier League together. I think Ujoa added a little bit to help Jamie Vardy, but it was mainly a one-man show. I feel both me and Jack have put Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn in who also need to be considered, especially with Kevin Phillips being the most recent English player to win the Golden Shoe, which is like the most goals scored between all the leagues in England, all the Premier League, all the professional leagues in England anyway, which was a big contribution came from Niall Quinn helping him out with the classic Little and Large with the flick-ons and whatnot. I think that was the most sort of selfless season um, that, that we've got on the list maybe that, that Niall Quinn season helping Phillips to get that golden yeah. boot they got 44 goals between the two of them as well which is a lot which is more yeah. than what Ferdinand and Shearer got between them wow so I feel like it's between those three partnerships Berbatov Keane Niall Quinn Kevin Phillips and Crouch and Defoe yeah yeah, I think I think that's where where we're at because we've got we've got our top eight, haven't we already? So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'll leave it to you guys. I think I think you should. Yeah, no offense, Jack, yeah. you've had your limelight. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, like top eight, like just 
his we might as well just go on Jack's list. Yeah. Like I might as well not have brought up Crouch and Defoe and we just have Berbatov and Keenan, Phillips and Quinn and just have the Jack's list. Um do you, do, you know, do you know what? I'll, Berbatov and Keane, because they're Tottenham, I'm happy to put them 10th. So you said you'd have Crouch and Defoe, who also played at Tottenham at 9. <laughs> oh, <for fuck laughs> <sake>. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, OK. What what we're saying then is... You've got Phillips and Quinn. You could put I them think, at 9. Yeah, I, I think Berber and Keane, Phillips and Quinn, Crouch and Defoe. What are you saying, Tom? So you're saying... Oh, don't argue. <laughs> So what you're saying is you're putting That's my list. Your is that your list? <laughs> yeah. So I you're saying no crouching the phone. Just then. <laughs> so who, Jordan? Basically, make it clear. Who are you not putting on the list then? Out of them three, I'm not putting Crouch and Defoe. Okay, so we're doing Jack's list then. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're doing Jack's list. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know how it's come around to that, but yeah. Cool. We'll do Jack's list then. So nine is Berbatov and Keane. Ten is Phillips and Quinn, which has resulted in this whole session being pointless, and we might as well have just got Jack to write it and then post it on Twitter. I think it's because he's Cupid, isn't he? It's the lover, lover, as I said at the start. Jack, you might as well just tell everyone your list. Uh, yeah, this is my <laughs> list. <laughs> Uh, our list as well. Coincidentally, yeah, yeah, our list as well, yeah. Yeah, we've got an honourable mention of Crouch and Defoe. Got at 10, Phillips and Quinn. 9, Berbatov and Keane. 8, Rooney and Van Nistelrooy. 7, Shearer and Ferdinand. 6, Kane and Son. 5, Suarez and Sturridge. 4, Owen and Heskey. 3, Shearer and Sutton. 2, Cole and York. And 1, Henri and Burkamp. What a list. Ridiculous. Well done, Jack. Absolutely smashed it. Yeah, well done, Jack. Well done. I hope you love that, people. But yeah, thank you very much. I mean, Jack, what are we what have we got next time? So Tom mentioned that ransom note earlier and I saw that as well. <laughs> and it did have a little PS note. It said Alex's topic next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he said top 10 Yugos- oh, I'm trying to read it there's a lot of blood in it uh, the top 10 there's blood in it yeah on, on the ranch it's from right, the yeah. ear isn't it it's yeah. from the ear oh yeah the top 10 Yugoslavian footballers of all time oh, so I think that would be what countries is that that's Croatia yeah uh, Slovenia Serbia Montenegro and Bosnia is in there so yeah I guess anyone that either played for Yugoslavia or plays for those countries now that's what? crazy it's what a list as well like it wasn't what I thought Alex would pick but I don't think it's no. him. I think it's Golden Sullivan, to be fair. And to be fair, they've cut his ear off as well. So how the hell is he going to listen to half this podcast? The, I don't the, know. The, pro- the kidnappers are probably from that area anyway. So that's probably where he is at the moment. He's probably enjoying a nice holiday. Yeah, He's got a bit of Vincent Van Gogh cutting his ear off, but, you know. You know, all's well, it ends well. Yeah. Just like this podcast. But, yeah, thank you, people, for listening. Tune in next time for that crazy episode. The Yugoslavian one. What a random-ass topic but it'd be a good one you'll learn a lot make sure you leave us a five-star rating check out the socials at ftlog podcast that's linkedin twitter and instagram and as always keep it ftlog See you next week for another For the Love of List segment. Remember to follow our Twitter at FTLOL Podcast and to like, comment and subscribe.